Let's go. <laughs> you know the intro. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Can you say the intro? This is not suits and handshakes business. This is not boring business. Let's go. Dude, I'm going to put that as the intro of this episode. Okay, beautiful. Let's do it. I love it. Okay, so uh, one thing. Okay, so give a little background on yourself, on how we met. For sure. You're the first person I've had on the podcast that's like purely, I think, purely a friend. Beautiful. Like like a genuine historical friend. Yeah. So unpack, unpack how we met and what you're up to right now. You got it. So we go back, way back to middle school, right? Beagle Middle School. Yeah. The Beagle Bobcats. I remember playing, you know, middle school basketball, basketball. with you. We were we were B team in it. I don't mean to, you know, throw us under like that, but I think we're B team. They probably can't call it that anymore, Jeremy. You know, they what oh, are they? They so probably true. it's like you know the red and gold team, oh my so that God, nobody knows right. it's you know it can't be A and B anymore. Okay, but we were we B team. To- we need to get by. I, I, we need to find this out. I bet you you're right. Dude, I bet of you course. they can't say this is the one or two team or the A and B team. No, I'm sure they can't. I, that Those days have come and gone. So we That's were on great. the gold team, what is now known as the, the gold team, formerly the B team. <laughs> I, feel like the, I feel like red would be the worst team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you're you right. I'm know. sure. Gold, yeah, first place. You're right. We were right. on the red team. Yeah, we were a red team. So we go back to, to middle school. Um hung out, spent time, got close, uh, leading into to high school. We uh, played a little bit of football together, you know, freshman year starting off in, in high school. And then I think we kind of we went our separate ways. What, you know, halfway through high school, I think we kind of drifted apart a little bit and then uh, rekindled because we both ended up at Michigan State. So we've yep. got that historical piece too, so – um, both Spartans, and then uh, you know, both went on our own unique paths and and uh, chased down our own dreams. And and by the by the grace of the universe, we we crossed paths yeah. again out in California. And this is this is where it's great because I get to say that uh, you you ever know the you, you know the saying that if you love something, you let it go, it comes back to you. Oh yeah, to absolutely, you. I do. That's how I feel about you. Yeah, you know for I mean? sure. Like, like you love something and I loved you so much that you, we just, we split apart for a little, for a, just a few years. And it's like, we met it's, in when we were both living in California. Yeah. And after, we're, after major, you know, wild paths to get us there, different right. paths, but wild paths leading to the same place. So, um, okay. So in your professional career, yes, like Michigan state, yeah. uh, I, I want to talk about one piece of, of well, the big piece first you on your path and how you got to one well, California and then uh, you're killing it in Detroit at a large hotel. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the first thing is, is like how we both went to Michigan State. I think we both uh, think that the, the network is worth it, right? For like sure. The alumni network, like how, how did that help you a little bit? Because I, yeah. I can go to like exactly why I have an office on Sunset Boulevard and trace it back to like a connection I made when I first got out here with a Michigan state Spartan that made an introduction for me. 
So yeah, you yeah, absolutely. I have a I have a similar uh, story. So I was going to Michigan State. Was just kind of general business, um, pursuing that for two years, and kind of fell backwards into the the hospitality business program out there. They have a major major program. They're very you know proud of the fact that it was one of the first schools of hospitality business out there. I think they graduated their first class in like 1965, something like that. Um, and went to one of their career fairs when I wasn't even, you know, using that or wasn't even pursuing that as my major and just saw, I always kind of knew, and I know we'll kind of get into this later, but I always kind of knew that I was not meant to stay in Michigan, you know, all my life working the the same job that my parents did or my next door neighbors did. I always wanted to kind of get out and see something different. And to me, that meant like, I need to see warm weather. Like I'm tired of hearing everybody bitch and yeah, bitch right. and moan about the long winters and and you know it's always cloudy here and all that so i said well then change it right you can change it so i said i'm going to change it and i'm going to find a way to get uh into some warmer weather and travel the country a little bit so when i went to that career fair i said okay there's there's people here running cruise lines and there's hotels and resorts here from california and from florida and hawaii and international and this is a great opportunity to to you know, pursue a career that allows me to travel and see something new and different outside of, you know, the 517 area code. So I um, started pursuing that. And uh, I would say second half of my senior year, uh, I think it was a like hospitality business economics class, some like 100 level, but in the in the major that I was pursuing. And um, they talked about this program that they had, the Spartan Mentor Program. And I knew nothing about it. They said, like, hey, you know, it's good for your career. They'll help you find a job. Essentially, you just give us your email and your phone number, and we'll pair you up with a hospitality business graduate, a Michigan State alumni that's out there in the field working somewhere. And they'll kind of work with you during your senior year and post-graduation to just talk through whatever job offers you have and try to kind of, like, guide you to something that's going to uh, lead to success for you. And I lucked out, you know, I said, Hey, why not? It's just an email and a phone number. I, I give them my info and I lucked out and got paired up with a gentleman named Mark Auerbach. And he actually graduated from Michigan state, like in the sixties. So he's been around quite some time and he was running his own hospitality business, uh, hiring firm, like a talent, talent and recruiting wow. firm, yeah. um, in orange County. He still has that that practice over there. It's called Auerbeck Hotel and Associates. And he um, contacted me and kind of, you know, said, hey, I've got tons of contacts in the industry. Let me give you a list of my top 10 companies that I would recommend you go work for. And, you know, more than that, he said, why don't you tell me what area of the country you're interested in? And I'll put my feelers out and I'll, I'll you know, try to find you some interviews. Sure. So, um my wife what? and I, Michelle, who was my girlfriend at the time, we said, we want to we want to go to Florida. We want to go to warm weather. We looked at Tampa as kind of a city that we were interested in. And I sent that back to Mark and said, how about Tampa? And, and he gave me, you know, four or five contacts in that city that I reached out to and set up interviews with. And that was how I, uh, you know, first got my career going after college. Were those Michigan? Were, I get it. He was a Michigan State connection, but mm -hmm. was the Florida people Michigan State connections or just a degree no. away from no okay. they it was one yep one one degree of separation there it was a connection that mark 
uh, new. So essentially he works with um, a lot of these major hotel and hospitality management companies across the country. And when they're in need of an executive level position to be filled, they're fighting to find a director of sales or a general manager or a chief engineer, one of the kind of like executive positions and they can't find it. Um, they'll reach out to him and then pay him a finder's fee if he can find the the applicant. And I think they have to stay employed for like six months okay. um, with the new company, and then he gets a, a percentage of it. Okay, so this is uh, well, two things. One, did you know? And maybe we talked about this that Lady Gaga's dad went to hospitality business school at Michigan State. I think you told me at one point. I think you told me. Yeah, I don't I think know you told why. Me. I feel like he would be like more of a big deal there. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, like, yeah I feel like for they sure. Had him come back just because it's yeah, her, you know, for sure. But you you know nothing about that, right? No, I knew nothing okay. about that. Right. No, well, that no. exists. We just put that out there. Beautiful. Yeah. And so, then, anyhow, oh, uh, I, had no, a, no, no. I had a number two, Lee. Um, go ahead. <laughs> so, I feel like I can a little more. Like I, I, I respect you. You know this. Sure. Like. Because it's you, I get to be... Talk with me a little bit? A little bit. Yeah, for sure. No, I don't know. You like, should. Yeah, you should. But, okay, so the number two is, um, I don't... I think we both kind of see this as like, and I think we've talked about this and maybe unpack it a little bit, mm-hmm. but uh, we don't value school for what traditionally it's been valued as. Is like no. grades, report cards, you got to graduate no. on time here like this in four years and in five no. years. Like, mm-hmm. do you believe also school is garbage? Yeah, I think I, honestly, I think let's say I had a you know sixteen year old son or daughter right now, or if I was talking to my sixteen year old self at that age, I one hundred percent I think would drive that person or that past self to my own away from going through mm. the college process. I mean, there's things I pulled it's... away from it one hundred percent, but uh, the traditional form as far as it exists right now and puts you out into the the industry carrying you know student loan debt and some of the you know very unnecessary things that take place there i think that i probably could have just got a jump start on on my own career whatever i was pursuing and and um you know been kind of four years ahead of where i am now yeah like that's i guess what i'm what i always think about is it uh, i guess twofold one is it is the college debt worth the network, right? Because we both yeah, that's literally true. just the network, not the grades. Sure. So those people in the network that you get connected to, like I had a guy go, you got to get your GPA up to three five. It's like there's this invisible. It's not me. Right. People just think you got to get this this line up. You got to get it past that threshold. And I'm like, okay. So there's that aspect, right? There's like, mm-hmm. what does this person want outside of just being a Spartan? And mm-hmm. then there's or from wherever. And then there's an age piece. Like, I I would probably say if my son or daughter was 10 to 12, I would be like, school is not going to be the same in eight years, right? Or like six years. But like 17, like if you had a seven, you look at it different. Like if you had a seven or eight year old versus a 17 or 18 year old, mm-hmm. like you school is st- a little bit more relevant right now than mm-hmm. it is like than it will be a decade from now. For sure. You know? Yeah, I can't. I, I can't predict. I think ten years out, what it's gonna, what it's gonna look like. But as far as my experience, I can say with confidence that ninety-five, no exaggeration, ninety-five percent of 
what I have used to propel myself in my career and what has led me to be successful or have opportunities are things that I either inherently already carried with me because of my upbringing or the way that I kind of self-taught myself or things that I learned on the job. I mean, 5%, I would say, is what I carried from the school. And the majority of that is the network. Yeah, right. So, I guess that's all I use it for now. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, I guess I've kind of pulled away outside of the people that I've met. In the yeah, you're more, you're more active than I am. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. But we for still, sure. yeah, and again, you're the reason I drink skim milk today. Like, oh, beautiful. That's yeah. how far we go back. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, back and, to food pyramid, <laughs> food pyramid, calcium intake, for sure. I, I had historically grown up drinking 2%. Right. Right. And right. then here comes Lee and yeah. this is Cody bringing yes. skim milk into my life. Yeah, we were running skim milk at the house for sure. <laughs> I was brought up on skim and you know, I, I, I it's more refreshing. It's more do refreshing. Remember, do you remember what you told how what you told me how they made skim milk? Yeah, absolutely. Because there's some sort of like urban legend out there that exists that people think they're like injecting water. They're like cutting the skim milk with water to like make it lighter and that that's just false this is not accurate they're yeah. they're pulling 100 percent of the milk fat off of the top yeah and then serving it right they're skimming the top is the, skim milk now, <laughs> right is that is that actually what i mean is I, that I, last is that time, don't, why if they you call fact check skim? yeah if you fact check that i don't know if that's going to come back but at the time that i told you i was uh, i was confident in that answer and i still feel pretty good about it like well, there's these like skim milk haters out there that are like whole milk only they're yeah, like they're right. you know they're inserting water into that skim you're getting robbed you're getting yeah. ripped off and it's like no man it's 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 just less milk fat it's okay yeah you have no idea the things that we do there were a couple other things but like Mm -hmm. i can point to that have affected my life as much as the when you told me about skim skim milk yeah i'm glad are you still a skim milk family is michelle a skim milk um so we we actually believe it or not i mean we still drink skim here and there but we go with like low fat now you know that like the food pyramids changed a bit you know that's why like keto and all this stuff is so popular is because the the uh, taboo that used to exist about like putting any fat into your body is, mm-hmm. is it has gone away. You know, the real culprit True. is high fructose corn syrup. Yes. My wife, I've learned, you know, I've learned a little bit from her. It's, it's gluten, as a dietitian, right? Yes. Gluten. Yes. Gluten. gluten. Yeah. Yeah. All that. So gluten no, we, we're everything. pretty well balanced. Like we'll, we'll, we'll drink skim quite honestly. She'll buy skim if it's more affordable than, um, than like 2%, but She'll either get low fat or skim, one of the two. I just and I don't do the shopping, is... so I don't complain. I just drink what's there. <laughs> you know? I I remember, dude, it's so funny because I, and we'll get off this skim milk kick, but like, okay. it is so, I still say the one benefit of skim milk is that it's just more refreshing. Yeah, it is. Yes. It stays colder, I feel like longer, yeah, and it's more right. refreshing. You can like fire some down and some hot yep. temperatures and like right. feel like you got some out of it you don't feel like sick to your stomach <laughs> Correct. so okay so the segue from i i i don't know how to segue from skim milk to whatever else would be done mm-hmm. in business but like mm-hmm. that is let's let's try it so okay uh you're not a skim milk family <laughs> no we're a, we're a whichever one's cheaper family now uh, okay yep. so 
uh, a lot of things I, we've talked about this you've had um you're in a position of power right like and you have been you were you were running your own hotel at i think 29 29 yeah yeah dang which i'm keeping notes i, like I do that. i i do note this so like beautiful I think part of what makes a great leader or what, and you, you're controlling way more staff than I've ever had in my entire life. So mm-hmm. like, uh, I believe success is somewhat a factor of, uh, how many difficult conversations that you've had up to that point. So like in, in we, we've talked about like part of the, part of the operation of running a hotel is kind of like, uh, a terminating people or, or skimming, mm-hmm. s- skimming the top, skimming the fat Ooh. off, right? Yes. Segway. So, <laughs> Got it. Got so it. So go into a little bit of those. And I've always said this, that mm-hmm. you think you can have a friend in a company, try firing them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I, I've got a good story. I've got a good story for that. Go. I've got a good story. So um, segue back to, you know, I'm leaving Michigan State. I go down to Tampa my first like big boy job where I wasn't, you know, running an internship or I wasn't at the line level I was down in Tampa as a front office manager there with a, with the embassy suites. And that was where I probably learned the most just because I went from being so green, green and white as a matter of fact, but <laughs> green in the industry and uh, into like becoming a leader and actually, you know, have all of a sudden I walked in where I had never truly been in charge of anybody else, not had the final say to having, I don't know, maybe like 30 people that were reporting directly to me, um, in my first role. And some of them, I mean, I was walking in there at like 23 years old or 24 years old. And some of the people that were reporting directly to me were more than twice my age and had been at that hotel for 10 years. Wow. And now I got to tell them like, look, man, the way you think is the right way or the way you've been doing it for 10 years, I see a better way. Let's try this. And, and it, it was challenging. Um, and when it came to firing and terminating somebody, I, I had to learn a really, really um, tough les- lesson at that hotel because Michelle and I moved down there. We had no friends, no family. Um, we were just getting our feet wet and trying to like settle in. So I had a group of bellmen. Um, guys that were, you know, handling luggage, but they were running shuttles a lot too. Like we were super close to, um, Bush gardens. We were half mile away from Bush gardens. We were on the campus of the university of South Florida. We, we could get people down to the beach to a couple museums that were by us. We took people out to restaurants and around, you know, North Tampa where we were at. And these kids, these guys that were running the shuttle were all like the same as me. I mean, they were 20 somethings either like in college at usf or had just graduated uh they liked sports they like joking around they you know we we enjoyed the same things and so naturally i became close with these guys although they were reporting directly to me as the front office manager so i had one of my buddies who um you know we would we were going out for beers on the weekend he had been to my house and you know hung out together there with my wife and um, there came a point where then at work he started slipping up and I mean like slipping up major where the dude was like not showing up for his shifts at all, or he was, you know, 40 minutes late or he was, uh, you know, losing his cool and, and, you know, pissing off a guest, telling a guest to, you know, go screw themselves or whatever. Sure. And so there came a point where I'm working with my GM or my AGM, who was kind of like my mentor at the time. And they're like, look, man, we've seen that uh, 
this guy has slipped up now two or three times. Like now comes time where we have to start to document them and write them up. And the first time I was going through that, I mean, not only like the write-up process, but in this instance, uh, what led to the termination process. And I had to sit in this office across from a kid who had like just been, you know, out having a beer with me or at my house two weeks prior and let him know like, Hey man, you know that you've slipped up three or four times and now it's time to separate employment. Um, one of the most challenging conversations of my career, because I was so unexperienced in that area. And also I had, had gained this relationship with, with him where I really, in that instance, I mean, I was sweating it. Like I knew two days in advance, I had to go and do this. Like, this is what's going to happen next time I go to work. And I had played it over in my head. And I think even like talked to a couple of people for advice on or whatever. And what I kept circling back to is like, look, the policies that are in place are in place to make the hotel great. And like the, the procedures that you're holding him accountable to are very, very fair procedures that he knows about. And he knows that he stepped out of bounds. So regardless of the relationship that you carry, like go in there and have integrity. Like that's the biggest thing. Go in there, have integrity in what you're saying. Understand that the reasons you're doing what you have to do are to make the rest of the hotel better or because you have a fair standard that applies to every other person in the building and you need to hold that person to it and then just you know communicate with integrity don't belittle somebody communicate to them um fairly and professionally and you know we came out of it on the other side and everything was fine and like you know we still talk to this day honestly we're still we're still friends to this day so like how it's got to affect that relationship somewhat mm. Like the other lesson the that I learned is don't, don't same. do it, man. Don't mix, don't, don't yeah. mix the professional right. with, with the personal. It's a, you know, you can, you can carry that relationship to a certain extent, but in the back of my mind, always now, even if we're like hosting like a manager's out and where we're taking all of our, our management team out to a, a basketball game or whatever, I still in my mind, am like, okay, only communicate to this person to the point that you could still sit in a room and and let them go if you needed to. Like don't don't step over that line. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. They're sure. not coming to my house. They are not, you know, getting deep enough into my world where that would be a sticky situation. Although you can still carry a, a personal relationship with them, I think it helps for for long-term success because they'll respect you, but um I learned a lesson about kind of getting too close to the fire in that instance. Yeah, I so I I see that so much, especially like with what I do, mm-hmm. where I'm telling you, I try to, I try to help people with their tech. I try to mm-hmm. gauge as, I try to gauge as much stuff as I possibly can help people with as much as I can for as cheap as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, the most people that have fucked me or done me wrong or not understood or requested something that was completely unruly have been like the closest people I've ever known. 100%. Like 100%. It's always weird having this like acquaintance like relationship Mm -hmm. with people. And it's, it's almost, it's almost better for business. Yes. Like, yes, I can separate the two. Like Mm -hmm. I can go, okay, yes, professionally I, I did this. And personally I'd like to do this Mm -hmm. and compartmentalize. I just, I've learned enough and I'm 31 now that Mm -hmm. yeah, other people don't do it as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm, I almost have to hold back from creating a a close, close bond because 
I know that 90% of the time they can't separate it like I can. Yeah, you should. I mean, I would say now my move now is like, be genuine. Like people in this hotel that I'm at right now, every hotel I've been at really, but kind of from that point, I continued to kind of grow and say, okay, I'm not going to do that again. Like that was sticky. I was too messy. Like I was too close. Now I just try to walk around in my professional and be as just genuine and true to who I am personally as I possibly can in my professional setting where people here, they still know me. They know I like to joke around. They, they know my personality. They know what my hobbies are. They know what I enjoy. I'm just not necessarily like bringing them into that on our personal time. Like I just do it on the job and just, you know, still gain a rapport with them. They still probably consider me like a friend to some extent, but they only know my personality in the you know in the professional setting and then it 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 works i've seen you operate and i've seen you work right like i almost envy it you know like i don't know i envy you you know we should we should like we should swap for like a week we should do like a trading places (laughs) we should dude we should like you prep me for a week i'll prep you for a week and then we swap I'm in. I'm in. Yes. I my I can wear what you that... wear, you wear what I wear. Like we'll like pretend nothing's wrong, you know? Like like twins do I, in school. That'd be I awesome. I wear your suits that will yes. be too big for me. And then you wear my suits that will be too or my clothes that will be too No, big I wanna me. wear don't you wear like jeans and sweatshirts, yes, man? I that's do. yeah, yeah right. that's what I want. Yeah, that's what yeah, that's part <laughs> of the trade, dude. That's part of what I wanna get out I wanna get out of the suit for a week. You know I, what I mean? I start, I, I run your hotel and now I've got 300 people over at my house. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what happens with me because I, I personally struggle with it. Like I, yeah. I want everyone to be my friend, but it's right. like, uh, I don't know. Bridging yeah. that, di- that divide or that gap it's hard. is something I've got to work on that you have almost mastered. So. Well, I appreciate that, man. That's awesome. I wouldn't say I've mastered it, but I've I've learned, and it's because I've gotten burned. I mean, honestly, man. Every that's why I talk about like college not not being what I would, you know, lean to as the the thing that made me successful. It was just diving in and kind of doing things without knowing how. I mean, every position, almost with the exception of the one I came to, you know, coming back here to Detroit, but. Every other position is something that like I stretched my neck out and I was not prepared for and I was not fully quote unquote qualified for. But because of that, I grew at like a rapid rate because it was like, you know, you're thrown in there. and It's like, oh, shit, I know like a quarter of the things I need to know to perform this job. So I better fire on all cylinders for four months and just learn everything. Um, And because of that, I think I think that it's, uh, yeah, allowed me to kind of master some things or get you know learn quickly how to operate in different environments because i stuck myself in uncomfortable ones love it i love that i love it the more you make yourself uncomfortable the more you get comfortable in those uncomfortable situations for sure absolutely and now unfortunately a termination like the one we talked about unfortunately it's become more routine but one thing i haven't shied away from ever i haven't changed is integrity you know, feel comfortable with what the policies are and what the facts are and, and be fair and just understand that, you know, there's a, you have 150 people or however many it is, you know, whether it's five people or 150 that you have to be accountable to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there should be some sort of standard for everybody in the building. And if you let one person run by their own rules, you're, you're not being fair to the others. Oh, I love that. So. Like, 
Okay, so we'll we'll pivot away from that. To, yes. Uh, you running your own hotel when you were 29, I think, is absolutely amazing. And I don't think I've told you, I I think I've you've heard it from me at least 30 times how amazed I am with you. So I I'm have. like, we were we were you were at a conference in Long Beach where we yes. met up a few years ago. Yeah. And uh, we had this conversation. We went back and forth about how when I first moved to LA, uh, a counselor of Holly's, my wife's, uh-huh. said, don't follow him out there. Like he's flighty. Right. And for I remember that part, word. I hate yes, that word. Flighty, but, uh, yes, right? I remember. And I go, okay, so moving across the country, trying to better myself, trying to get out of Michigan for a little while uh-huh. is like, is comes across flighty to average people. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's chasing your dreams to someone who's ambitious, but it's flighty to right. an average person. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, and I know you had a similar experience. Yes. Can you, I would love if you would illuminate the not boring nation with your experience with that. Oh, absolutely. So I remember that. I remember that conversation. Well, we were at a little sushi restaurant, I think, yeah. right. in like long yeah. beach. And we were talking yeah. about this and I remember you were telling me that story and I like cringe when I heard that word flighty mm-hmm. because you're trying to chase down something that you believe in or, you know, fight for something more. Right. And I think, I don't know that I have necessarily like one specific person that, that stands out to me. Um, you know, at least not one that I'm, I'm prepared to, to call out right now, but I, I would tell you that, Many people, you know, kind of along the way have said, oh, oh my gosh, like you're going to you're going to leave Michigan and you're going to travel. You're going to drive down to Florida and, and, you know, you don't even have a job lined up yet. Like you're crazy. You 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 are flighty. You're a risk, right? You're risky. And I think you're, what you're a flight risk, you're a flight risk. That was it. You're a flight risk. And <laughs> I told it. you that like right yep. when you said that I am like, yep. dude, a flight risk to one a flight risk means no ceiling. That's what it means. A flight yeah. risk means you're putting yourself in a position where your potential is not capped. Yeah. And uncapped potential to one person looks like risk to another. And I think that, you know, you must put yourself in an uncomfortable position if you're ever going to jump forward and, and being safe and being quote unquote normal and staying in the same city your entire life and working the same job, you know, from day one until, you know, 65 and you're collecting a pension or whatever, that is quote unquote safe and normal, but your ceiling is so defined, you know, it is okay. My 401k is going to grow to X amount or like, you know, X times 1.2, like you got a 20% flex on what that's going to look like. Like you're going to retire between 62 and 67, right? Like your path is laid out at age 22. And that terrifies me. That to me is risky. That to me is scary. And, you know, I think the quote unquote normal person looks at that and says, oh, it's a safety net and, and everything's planned out and there's there's not much risk. And what I see when I look at that is you're confined and your potential is defined at age 20, you know, at age 20, whatever. And that terrifies me. 
So that's yeah. why I, to you death. know, tried to encourage you and encourage, you know, have pushed myself to say, no, man, I'm going to go stick my neck out and do something that I'm not quote unquote qualified for that is risky. But I think what people aren't necessarily fully understanding that, that I truly believe in is I think at least myself, I can't speak for every person, but a lot that I've encountered, I think that the, the, the human nature is such a resilient thing that if you put yourself in an uncomfortable position, it's like, you know me, I, I, I didn't get into it yet, but we'll talk about it. I broke my wrist, right? Or like, yeah. let's say you're working out and you know, you blow your biceps out or whatever, and you're just like completely uh, crushed. Right. Your body has a way to just bounce back from that. That is like, you know, science can't even define it. And I believe that if you put yourself in uncomfortable positions personally and professionally, that your mind is trained to bounce back from that or is just like naturally built to bounce back from that where you're going to land on your feet. I mean, every right. major risk that I have taken or, you know, my wife and I have taken collectively where others have been like, oh, my God, you are driving from South Carolina to California and you don't even have a place to live and you don't have jobs lined up. We left South Carolina and five days later when we arrived in California, my wife had hustled out a job offer and had an offer already on the table on the drive. She's like running on the computer in the truck and making phone calls and she gets a job. And wow. we didn't have our housing situation lined up. And by the time we arrived, we had, you know, a house ready to rent because you have to. You put yourself in a position where those things aren't lined up. And I think that the you know the human brain is just wired to to make you land on your feet but you got to challenge yourself right i i think so much so one uh i think that's inspirational just from like a a unit point of view of like you and your wife mm -hmm. so like i don't know a lot of people probably don't have that and right. it's very it's a very specific core tenant of like being successful successful that i think people underestimate which mm -hmm. is f how important finding the right partner is mm -hmm. like one that would follow like Holly followed me across the country and mm -hmm. now she loves it and she's got this great job and all these other things that either of course she a does network of course and, like, she does I would have never doubted it mm -hmm. and Michelle the same thing it's like mm -hmm. and we've we've bonded over this and we're we've had like a bunch of couple dates and everything else mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. it's I think that's incredibly important. Both we we have both of those stories, and it, it, what what is it? Do you think it's like it's like a stability, or you look for that? Do you did you know when you chose Michelle or your wife, you were mm -hmm. like, this person's gonna help me elevate, right mm -hmm. to to the next level, or this person's my whole thing is I don't think Holly would ever let me fail. You know what I mean? Right, right. So like. As much as she credits me with like, oh man, I wouldn't have this or like, you wouldn't have this. I go, when it came down to it and I'm like two inches from complete tears mm -hmm. with my shirt over my head, like mm -hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. She's just like, okay, let's figure this out. Right. You know what I mean? Right. How much has Michelle helped you in that regard? Have you gotten close to the edge of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my God, we're driving across the country. Like, yeah, that moment. I mean, have you reached that moment or no? Has I would it all say, I would say, honestly, between the two of us, between her and I, um, that 
I am probably the one that is kind of making those calls. And is there something I can help you with, ma'am? I don't have a phone charger. Oh, no. Yeah, the front desk might have a phone charger. Yeah, I didn't bring one in here to the boardroom with me when I'm on, you know, my computer by myself. I knew I should lock the door, Jeremy. I knew it. I knew that would happen. It's funny. Uh, we anyhow, got in like 36 minutes without anyone interrupting you. Anymore. Yeah, we did good. We did good. Um, good. Okay, so no, I would say for her and I, I would say one, I kind of knew that she was quote unquote the one because we went through like some really, you know, challenging and um, trying type circumstances kind of like early on in our relationship. And we like fought like hell to get through them and like were involved in like pushing and motivating each other where, where. Um, that took place super early in our relationship. And two, um, I would say in, in some of these like career type moves, like for the most part, it's been me that's kind of been driving some of those career moves and then, you know, walking her through and, and kind of collectively saying like, we got this shit, like, don't worry about it. We're going to figure it out again. Cause we did when we went to Florida and we did when we went from Florida to South Carolina and we did when we went from South Carolina to California and like every time there were plenty of doubters like, oh my gosh, you're really going to make that move or like, oh my gosh, you mm -hmm. don't have housing figured out or, oh my gosh, Michelle doesn't have a job yet. And in right. every instance, like we've both put ourselves in the best position that we've ever been. And I just think that's because it's like going to the gym and working out, dude, like you go and you break yourself down a little bit and your body and you know, the miracle that it, that is, it, it grows you into something bigger and stronger, but that's because you challenged it. Right. Do you, th uh, and I think a lot of that, like geographically, right? So mm -hmm. I've always said that people who get out of their comfort I mean, for 18, 20, 22 years, people mm -hmm. are like, they don't travel with like outside of their, what they grew up in. Right. Right. Like, and for 18, there's like most people, you know, so mm -hmm. like moving when you're done, I think is a big part of success. How much of your success would you contribute to moving around? Oh, right? Like tons. Tons, Jeremy. I'll tell you, like, I don't know why I'm on this, like, workout kick, but I think there's a lot of, like, relevant comparisons where every time that I have, like, plateaued, like, let's say, like, you're whatever, you're pushing towards running, running your mile or you're pushing towards, like, getting through an hour worth of cardio or whatever, and, like, you hit that goal and now you're running, like, an hour of cardio five times a week and, and it's getting easier to the point where like you're no longer challenging yourself. Every time that I've gotten to the point where I'm no longer challenging myself, I feel the hell out of it. Like I'm like, okay, time to go chase something bigger. And, sure. and I just like, I, I think that that is inside of me somewhere. I don't know where that comes from, but I feel the hell out of it. You know, that burn and that fire that's kind of in my belly that I'm like, I gotta chase something bigger. Right. When I've achieved what I wanted to, I'm like, all right, it's it's time for something more. I, I'm not comfortable sitting around and doing this, you know, not feeling like I'm making progress every day. So being able to pick up and move and take on not only the challenge of like a new career opportunity, but the challenge of a new culture and a new place to live and like the personal, you know, enjoyment that you can take from a new living in a new state or whatever um, yeah. has been huge, huge. I love it. Oh my God. I've I... even now, Jeremy, full circle, I've even now come back to Detroit, Michigan, where I was like, okay, I'm moving away from the state. I'm, I'm moving away because 
the economy is poor and everybody's in a negative mood and the weather is bad and people complain about like, oh, I wish I could go to this or I wish I could move to Florida, this, that. And I was just like, okay, I've heard you guys saying that my entire life where like, I'm just going to go do it. Where now from doing all of those moves, coming back to Michigan, I'm appreciating the state of Michigan more than I ever have. Mm, Not only being able to like catch up a couple of like connections that I had like left in my past, but I'm enjoying the state more and like I'm planning like cool trips to go, you know, go up north to my parents' cottage or like go up to Boyne skiing and and break my wrist on a tree or like, you know, whatever, dude. Like I, I'm I'm soaking it in more where at a certain point, like at the end of college, it was a burden and I'm like, I got it. It was like weighing me down and now it's not. Are you going to stay in Michigan now? And loaded question. I can't loaded. picture myself staying here. Not no. forever. No, I can't. I can't picture myself. I, I, <laughs> I've enjoyed the, the aspect of, of travel and I've enjoyed the ability to see different areas of the country to this point so much that I can't picture that. I can't. Yeah, um, but, I've, you know, I, I'm, my visualization right now is I'd love to just put myself in a position where, um, you know, whatever I'm doing for work or whatever I'm doing for income uh, allows me to still... Um, either personally or, you know, right alongside with whatever I'm doing professionally, still get my fix because I think I'm a, I'm a drifter, dude. I think it's born in me. I, I, you know, I, I had, uh, Michelle's, what her step mom's dad, her stepmom's dad, and he's passed away since. So I'm not going to talk ill about, about the guy. Frank was his name. Good dude. But lived in Michigan his whole life, lived in the same city his whole life. Worked for one of the big three his whole life, right? So, so that style. And when we came back to Michigan, he was like, "Oh, you know, there they are, the the star drifters. Like you've got you've got stardust on your feet, huh? Because because we're fun." And I was like, "Yeah, dude, I do. You want a taste? Because yeah, it's yeah. dope. You want a little, you know? You want to fire a little bit of this stardust, dude? Because it's it's life changing." Yep. So uh, no, I don't I don't picture myself being here forever, dude. Okay. So like, I, I guess that's where I absolutely fall in love with your story. Cause it's like a lot of people who we grew and dude, I do get messages from people that mm-hmm. are like, that are also very inspiring that like sure. I've showed them that they could do something or they want. And it's like people who you would know who we went to school with. Sure. Like people want to meet up if they're out here or they want to do everything. And I'm like, oh wow i've at least sold this narrative like you can do whatever you want and like yeah, i'm man. not as successful or where i want to be right but i mean it's one thing where uh, when you get to a certain point you start to actually you forget all the other stuff that you were thinking like you said you comes full circle i'm back in michigan some of those feelings that you resented like you resented the place or these people weren't going to do anything it kind of comes back five ten fifteen years later mm-hmm. to go okay, like I got away. I I don't have those feelings of disdain anymore. Right, right. It's like, it's time to give back or do whatever or help other people get there. Yeah. So like, I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff that you can do to like give back when you get to a certain position, you know? For sure. And yeah, it's been beautiful being, being home here. But I, again, I, I, I don't know. I don't picture myself being there forever. I just don't think that's what I was born to do. Yeah. So speaking of, uh, well, you've you've brought brought up a couple times your bro, 
your broken arm. Yes. You text me a picture of your broken arm. Yes, yes. And you were like, uh, I kind of did this. Right. How how the hell did that happen? Okay, we went up. So it it ties into what we're talking about, honestly, because like another like dope trip that we could take in Michigan, like enjoying it instead of just being stuck inside and like bitching about the weather. We went up, Michelle and like 20 of our like family and friends went up to Boyne Highlands last weekend and went skiing. And we got there on Thursday. They got like 16 inches between like Thursday night and Friday night. And they already had like two feet of snow on the ground or whatever. Just epic place, man. Epic, like beautiful, serene, you know, mountain, bunch of awesome ski runs, cool lodge. We had two little houses, like two little chalets rented at like the base of the mountain where you could like ski right up to them and go in and like grab a bite to eat or a drink or whatever and had an absolute blast for three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And no kidding, man, like 30 minutes before like the last lift closes, like 8.30 p.m. on Saturday night. And I had been on fire, Jeremy. Like I'm not, I don't like to necessarily like brag on myself, but because this is not what I do, I'm going to like, I was on fire on the skis. I was firing down black diamonds. I was figuring out how to like ski backwards. And like, I learned a lesson in like gluttony. Cause like I was full, you know what I'm saying? Like I had my fix. I'd done it for three days. I had some awesome runs. I was, you know, I was on fire. And I'm running this little easy run behind Michelle because this was her first time skiing. And she's run this little like green level run, which is kind of basic or whatever. And I'm like, oh, screw this. It's the last run of the night. Like I'm going for more than this. So I'm found behind her and I'm like, I, I shoot off the path onto like some little like, you know, personal, personal made path that was running through the woods. Sure. And it was like about as wide as like a doorway. And I'm moving pretty quick, you know, cutting through. And you can only cut where other people have gone. You can't make your own path. You know what I mean? you got to follow what, what's there. Yeah. And I took this hard left turn through the woods. And I think I, like, reached my arms out kind of like a T, like the, G, like the Jesus pose to, like, <laughs> gain you? my balance. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. And I just high-fived the tree as I was going by. Just, like, bashed a tree with my left hand as I was flying oh. by. It spun me around. And I broke, yeah, I broke my wrist. But I, I'm telling you, worth it. Worth it. Worth so, it for yes, this story. Yes, dude. It was an awesome trip. It was an awesome trip. I enjoyed it. I was doing something I have never, I haven't done in years. Like maybe since like middle school ski club. I did ski club in middle school. You know what's funny? I remember you leaving for ski Yes, club. yeah. Like, I was firing going, away. I'd like to do that one day. Yeah, it was sweet. And I hadn't done years. And we went up there. We had an absolute blast. And I just learned a lesson. I learned, like, dude, you when you've had your fill, you know, just let it be. You know, let it be. It doesn't have to be something more. But I guess that's my that's my curse, you know. I wanted something more. It's Oh, my God. I, dude, I don't even know how we get past your great your speeches you know what i mean i think we could unpack everything you've said in here like individually mm-hmm. i don't i don't know if that's a reflection of how great of a host i am but like, oh for sure <laughs> you get me fired up i told you that when you said that you're gonna get me on there i said dude we're gonna be on fire dude, you get you get me fired up it's rare that i don't want to interrupt you know right but like i just let you go and yeah you, you seem to you seem to elevate your game you get really confident you know, Thanks, man. Yes, and it, thank I you. feel it. And yeah. Does confidence help? Confidence helps in everything. You know? Oh, everything. Yeah. But it was a curse in the case of the skiing. I got too confident. <laughs> but anyhow. So anyway, yeah. uh, so anyway, it's like yeah, anyway. the next thing, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. Okay. So 
uh, one of my thesis is these is it thesis? What's thesis? the plural? Yeah, yeah what's the plural? Thesis is thesis is I think. We need a Nita for this one. Thesis thesis. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you you we will you ask her and then get back with me and then I'll put it in the update. Okay, deal. Okay, that all right. Uh, so I think advice, a lot of advice is garbage. Like, sure. It's just completely out there. It's one thing I try to prove. Like you can, you can hear someone say, Hey, I made these mistakes. Don't make these mistakes. Mm-hmm. You won't make those mistakes, but you will make your own mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know? So like, what's a piece of advice that you can kind of point to and go, you don't have to say who, but like a piece of advice you've heard out there that you're like, that's that's complete fucking garbage. Mm-hmm. Like I vehemently disagree with this advice. Do you have that mm-hmm. piece? Or do you think about it? You know what's funny, dude? I like printed your little note sheet out. My production and, like, sheet? Yes. And I took <laughs> notes, dude. I like wrote some ideas down. Is that the one you skipped? Yes, dude. Oh Is it God. always or something? Like, Dude. I feel like that's just the rule. I swear. That's like the one God. I see. I'm like, oh, of course. I'll come Were back you sweating? Were yes. you sweating? As I was, you knew what I was going to ask. Yeah. What's you yours? Like, what's yours? Um, so like, like a what's lot a of piece t- you don't like? Maybe it'll spark it for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of times people, t- like just in this industry, they think um, they need to find a business partner or a co-founder for their venture. Right. But like, I, th- I think the advice out there is you need to find a partner to partner with, blah, 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 blah. I couldn't think it'd be far farther from the truth. Like mm-hmm. everyone in, in the tech space and everything else says, need a co-founder, need a co-founder. I say, I think you'll get better by yourself or far and farther by yourself because uh, Y Combinator did a, did a study like um, a couple years ago mm-hmm. and it was the number one cause of failures of startups, 65% said co-founder disputes. And I'm like, and right. why would you force co-founders on people? You know what I mean? Right. So like that to me is kind of like a piece of advice that's like floating out there that I'm like, no, I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with this more. Right. You know, like, right. Um, well, we could go all right, on quick fire, one. quick fire though. Quick fire. Like okay. just a, a culture thing. Like I've for a long, long time, like everybody talked about like the way you should like dress in like a professional setting. Oh, you're like a GM now or like you're an AGM now. Like, dude, it's got to be like suit and tie and stuff. And I fucking hate that. So like I cut the tie like five years ago and I haven't gone back and I've converted (laughs) others. In fact, right now I'm wearing I'm wearing a sweater with no coat. Now, half of that isn't that sweet. Half it's because I got a cast on the the wrist, but. Oh. I rock the sweater all the time now. Like it's just so much more comfortable. And I totally disagree with that because I believe if you're in like a place of comfort where you're acting like your own self and not some make believe fake self that you've like conjured up to like sure. pretend to be at work, that you're going to be more successful because I think a genuine you is a more productive, more successful you. And I think oh, people absolutely. respect that. So I've kind of yeah. like, that's a piece of advice kind of like i don't really have two faces as much as like most professionals that i know like for the most part like i'm in this boardroom now like with my feet kicked up on another chair like lean back a little bit in the sweater with no jacket and like any one of my coworkers could walk in here and just be like oh that's lee like that's just who he is or they could walk in and be like do you have a charger yeah, that was like, yeah, that was a guest. I'm like, what? Why did you think it was- I had a charger? But anyhow, 
So, um, I don't know. That's one. That's one I kind of give you. That's really good, actually, because I, okay, cool. I, I don't think dressing the part is like right. means you're any more it's your intro which right. i chopped up by the way i'm gonna try it again at the end when Can't we're you? when we're done telling i'm gonna try it again because i'm warmed like up the, now i like the one off the cuff though too that was really yeah cool. yeah it was cool okay right. so uh a, a, another tenant of what i'm doing is okay telling people not to overthink anything right like yes the, you lose so much time by overthinking the some of the smartest people i know never get what they want done because they just sit around and think about it. Right. Yeah. Right. So like I, I just w give me, give me a time where you're like, uh, I had to keep this simple. It helped me here. I think yes. you, you go with your gut and I think anyone's successful, no one has made it successfully without like trusting their intuition. Right. And so I think doing a lot of things, uh, builds right. your intuition. So, okay. So yes. Yeah, so check? quick, quick, idea there is like i've already kind of talked about it a little bit but again my path was michigan state down in tampa i was in tampa for three years that company offered a promotion with which moved us to south carolina and then that's when i was seeking out my first like gm gig i was agm in south carolina i'm like i want to run my own place and like let me find a fit and just go and so when we had the opportunity or like the opportunity in napa um, because then, as you know, I moved to Napa, California to a Marriott out there that I was running on my own. So when that opportunity came up and like, I went and I toured the hotel and like, got a feel for it. Like 100%, I was infatuated. I'm like, this is it. This is the spot. It's a beautiful place. The people were great. It's my own hotel. Like no matter what other nonsense is going on, like let's pick up and make this happen. And all of the roadblocks and like, 100% there were a hundred reasons why we could have said, uh, no, maybe it's not really the time. Like Michelle was still finishing up some stuff career wise for her. And like, I was going to have to move out there on my own for a little bit to start. And like, we didn't have a place to live and but, like all of these whirlwind, like nonsense reasons not to do it. Yep. I just like push them to the side and I'm like, okay, let's go and go do that. And we will figure out all of the rest on the way. And, and, I've done that now multiple times where that's like, that's my move now. It's like, okay, sure. if like the core thing that I'm looking at or chasing is, is genuinely what I want to do and it makes sense. So in this instance, it was like, okay, new career opportunity, get to run a hotel completely on my own, be the GM first chance at that, uh, you know, state that I'm interested in area of the country that I'm interested in, like fuck all the rest. And I'm just going to get there and go there and all of the other reasons not to do it will work themselves out. And it's keeping it simple because you just push all the rest of it to the side and, and over and over I've seen that I think like somewhat naturally your body and your brain is just, ah, what's the word I'm looking for there, Jeremy? It's just, it is like, it has been evolved. Your brain and your body has just evolved to make you land on your feet. Like you are going yeah, to find right. a way to make it work, but you gotta, you gotta challenge yourself. So, um, in those instances, I've just kind of, you know, kept it very simple and said, this is my end goal. I can make it happen by pulling the trigger now and all of the nonsense that I need to figure out, I'll figure out along the way. And then I have, yeah. yeah. The, the other pieces. Oh, I got one other thing. I got one other thing. I got one other go. thing. All right. All right. So check this out. The other thing is like, if I have some sort of vision or some sort of like, picture of what 
my next step is or what I want in my career or what I want personally. And it's this massive picture. Like there's all of these things. It's like, okay, I want to be like running my own hospitality firm. Like I want to oversee multiple properties where like I'm no longer on the property on the day to day. Like I want to have a career, like I talked about that allows me to travel and like see the country or see the world or whatever. And like, it's just, I want to be like healthy and physically fit and all this stuff. Like it's this massive picture, 100% picture. And instead of like looking at this huge picture and knowing like it's so scary that it's going to be unattainable and I have to analyze every little piece and put every piece of the puzzle in place. I just look at it and say, dude, what is 10% of this that I can start tomorrow? And then I just chase that. Yeah. You know? What is 10% of, yeah, I love that mindset. Like that big, like that long-term goal that's five years out or it's your best case scenario, it's a 100% picture and it's unattainable tomorrow. But 5% of it or 10% of it is attainable right now. So do that 5 or 10% and then let the rest grow, you know? Dude, I'm done. This podcast is done. done. I don't know. How, Walk off. I don't know. Dude, that. Yeah. Drop the mic. You're done. I, I was going to. I'm not even. I'm not following anything up. Okay. Like, that was insane. That That's why I let people like you especially just go. You know what I mean? Because there's so much brilliant nuggets here. I'm just I'm just thankful uh, of your time, man. Like, yes, I know you're a busy guy. You're hustling. You're leading. Yep. And uh, I really appreciate everything you do. So, like, thanks for coming love you, on. man. I miss you. I miss I you. We'll come. You I, yeah, I'll come see you. I'll come see you soon, man. We'll find a reason. Oh, I got to thank you, too, that what you did for us at the hotel when you came out and, and helped our, our marketing manager, man. I didn't see an invoice for that. I don't know if you forgot to send it or whatnot, but dude, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. You're she's doing greatest. good. Oh, yep, you're the she's greatest doing good. thing ever. All right. Thanks, Lee, so much, man. All right. Yeah, you got it, man. This is this is not suit and tie business. This is not boring business. I'm Jeremy Redman. I'm your host. Let's go.